hello, welcome to this Hoop Collective low post crossover following game four of the NBA Finals, won by the Golden State Warriors, 107 to 97 to even the series at 2-2. And Zach, we had a classic tonight from Steph Curry. You mocked me when I mentioned LeBron James. Oh, no, don't. What? You did it again. You're damn right I'm going to do it again because Steph went 40 and 10 tonight. Who was the last guy to go 40 and 10? In the finals, I believe it was LeBron James. This is the exact type of game that I felt that the Warriors needed from Steph. He had to be great. He had been very good. Game three was pretty great, but he had to be special. That's what was needed to win this game, just like LeBron gave his Cavs team. I just did it again. Just like LeBron gave his Cavs team special performances against the Warriors when they needed them, Curry went into that mode for the first time in his career. He had to go into that mode in a finals game. He didn't have the kind of star support that he's had in other playoffs, other finals. He's got to be the supernova. That's what we saw. A lot of other things happened, but that's the major takeaway. Steph Curry, who's walking by us right now, He's not acknowledging a, us. He's got, He's got a, a lot of other knee. people to, to acknowledge. He's got a wrap this on is his a, This is a remember that you were at the game game by Steph Curry. 14 of 26, 7 of 14 from three. And with a couple of exceptions, I thought Boston's defense was like, okay. He made some absolutely insane shots. Like these pick and rolls whether it's Horford or Rob Williams. Horford was up higher every time tonight yeah. except maybe one or two. Rob was fine. Like, their two feet, the, both their feet are above the three-point arc. His guy is getting over the screen, and he's got these little teensy slivers of space where he can, like, barely fit his body. And he yeah. rises up and hits three after three. Zach, that's at, who he is. No, that's but these are – this is the best defensive team by far in the NBA. Yeah, I agree. These are crazy shots, and he's just hitting them over and over again against – a largely pretty good defense. There was one in the first half where Jalen Brown tried to go under the screen and do the thing where you spin around the screen or you get your back on him, and he recovered like half a half a half a half a second later than he would have had he chased over the screen. And Al had come out really far and retreated at the moment where he thought it would be safe to retreat. Had Jalen Brown gone over the pick, and that half a half a half a half a half a second was all Steph needed to shoot a three. I don't want to hear anymore. The great myth of the last 10 years of the NBA is that Steph has underperformed in the finals. He's averaging 27, 6, and 6 for his career in the finals. He's been fine. He's had some supernova games. He's had some and games. That's called being a normal NBA player, NBA star facing the best defenses of the NBA. There are minimum two games, maximum three games left in this series. Everyone gets higher leverage from here. Let's see what happens. He hasn't had a he hasn't had a meh shooting game yet. He usually has one in every seven game series. But this game, with their season on the line and no other star support, you got good support from Clay Wiggins. Pool came alive, but no like great great performance. Well, this Wiggins game, had the, one of the I best games of his career. Uh, we're going to talk about Wiggins. This game, I don't want to hear anymore. What is the legacy? Oh my God, the Finals MVP. Oh, Steph in the Finals. Blah blah blah. I don't want to hear it anymore. That's why he had to do it, Zach. And I'm gonna say something else. He took 26 shots. He should have taken 30. No, we're not doing that. Yes, 
he's going to have to shoot. He's going to have to take shots like this for them to win two more games. I don't know if he's going to shoot as effectively as this. I mean, where he, he, you know, he was two of eight on threes in the first half. He, you know, he was hot in the second half. By um, the way, he has a foot injury. I don't, I don't know. But look, he's got something. I well, mean, he's he got just something. Had a, he just had a wrap on his knee just a second ago. But uh, I mean, I think that injury. I think some. I think Al Horford fell on him, and it scared him. And because it was the foot that it was previously hurt, I don't. I don't think he was that badly dinged up. But what do I know? It's not my foot. If you want to sell, he's got a foot injury after this performance. I wish you luck on that. But I. I just. I don't believe he can play better than this. But I believe he can shoot more than this. And Boston's going to have to consider what they want to what they want to do um, in terms of their defense, and if they want to continue to play that way, if they want to think about trapping. A big thing that's going to come out in the next 24 to 48 hours here, Zach, Robert Williams uh, came out of the game in the fourth quarter, asked out after retweaking that knee injury, um, and they didn't finish the game. And he was massive for them, particularly in and the first half. He was, I had a Celtic staffer come up to me at halftime and say, Rob has maybe been our best player, period, in the first half of the game. Now, not only was he massive, but you could just tell he was feeling really good. Just feeling really, really good. Like, you know, just not only just being good, but just being super active. So I think that, you know, getting that report and when, you know, how he feels and the treatment and whatever, that's going to be huge. And something else that happened, I didn't, I wasn't thinking that Steve Kerr was having the greatest coaching series of his career, if I could put it kindly. I didn't like the lineups he deployed in game one. I didn't like the, the minute distributions he was having through games two and three. And I really, really didn't like that he started the lineup tonight without Kevon Looney in it. And then in the fourth quarter, he did something very gutsy. With eight minutes or so to play or something like that. What's up, coach? How you doing? He's Hi, waving. Steve. Steve Kerr's waving at us. Hello. You know, it's not normal that I'm talking about somebody and he walks past me. I'm going to say that right now. I feel like you were setting something up there. Like, you know, I was talking, potentially criticizing him and he was walking past me. And you I, were, you I were trying. I kind of wanted him to come right over and answer your criticism well, right, right no. to your face. Well, I mean, he's already done his media session. He said hello. That's all we're going to get. Anyway, I was about to say he did a very gutsy thing. In my opinion, with was it six or seven minutes to go? He took Draymond out of the game. About eight minutes, yeah, and he and, kept him out for about five. And the Warriors were down five at that point, and they went plus eight over the next five minutes, got leverage in the game, and then he went offense defense for a while with Draymond. In fact, at one point with over three minutes left, he called a timeout to take Draymond out of the game to run an offensive play. You seen have you seen offense defense with three minutes to go in a game before? I have not with a player of Draymond Green's caliber, right. And resume, and it was the right move. And by the way, it then worked. Draymond made several impactful plays after that when he brought him back in. That was a solid, gold, gutsy maneuver. Now it may have helped, obviously, that Robert Williams was taken out. Solid, gold, guts maneuver because Draymond was pissed. He was pissed. When, I mean, I, I haven't heard Draymond's post-game press conference yet. It hasn't even happened. Or the podcast. Or the podcast. By um, the way, do, why, why is the media, we're so bad. We're so bad at this, Wendy. Like, any excuse we can have as a collective, 
not the Hoop Collective. How dare you? To talk about something other than basketball, we will take. So, like, I was listening to the radio to and from NBA Today today. I don't like to repeat today, but whatever. It's all the fans chanting F.U. Draymond and um, Draymond's podcast. And is it good? Yeah. Is it bad? Does it matter? It's like any excuse. We, this is just an aside. Not us. Not us, ESPN. Us, us sitting here. It's just like any The podcast became like Draymond Green's podcast instead of the basketball was like the biggest story of the finals for 24 hours. Yeah, I don't care. I don't care either. Um, keep podcasting. He's he's getting great pub for it. So it'll, it'll be a lot of listens to it tomorrow. So the Celtics, one of their Achilles heels. By the way, we're checking the dials. 16 turnovers for the Celtics. 16 turnovers. That's the red line, sir. And only six assists for Jason Tatum. That's what we call condition gold. When they have under 15 turnovers and and Jason Tatum has over seven assists, that's condition green. Tonight it was condition gold, and that contributed to why they only scored 97 points. Jason Tatum, Marcus Smart, and Jalen Brown combined to miss 35 shots in this game. That is why they only scored 97 points. I'm sure there are Celtics fans cursing the officials as they go down Causeway Street outside right now. Oh, man. It was, it was as the kids say, lit by like 3 p.m. I mean, it was <laughs> a Friday, short work Gorgeous day, weather. Sunshine out. Bars were packed. I mean, it was. I'm like a little afraid <laughs> to walk home tonight. So here's the thing, Zach. The bars close at 2 here. Okay. So the the, real no, they di- close at midnight. No, they close at 2. Not This is Boston, man. The Puritans still run this city. Sir, the bars close at 2. Really? I am very aware of this because if you ain't out of the, By the way, it's about to turn midnight, and I still got a right tonight. You ain't out of this building by 2 o'clock. You're going to have problems. That's all I'm going to say. Look, okay, so you mentioned the turnovers and condition green, condition gold, whatever. You're mocking me. We can talk about some of the stuff Boston did poorly if you want. I think Golden State took this game. Oh, yeah. More than Boston yeah, but, I mean, gagged it away. Let's not, I mean, second half, Jason Tatum, 2 of 9. Marcus Smart, 5 of 12. Jalen Brown, 4 of 11. And we'll talk about what went into those numbers. But I thought Curry's shot making, outstanding Golden State defense. And I want to spotlight that stretch you just talked about when they took Draymond out of the game. Jalen Brown gets the unconventional two-man and one when Marcus Smart got pushed in the back, right? Remember, it was a steal and one. Smart shoots the free throw. Jalen hits the layup. 91-86. Timeout Warriors. They come out of the timeout. That's when he benched Draymond. Yes. Clay Thompson hits a really tough turnaround, two to get it back to three. After that, it's two Wiggins putbacks. And Andrew Wiggins had how many rebounds? 13? No, 14? No. no, no. He had 15. I believe, I believe he had 16 rebounds. I can just look this up on the box no, score I that know. I have. 16 rebounds and 17 points. And not only was that a career high, he had a career. His career high before tonight was 13. He had three more than his career high in, in a road finals game. And the second one of those two came after Marcus Smart hit a three at the buzzer of the shot clock it was a massive to put shot. them up 94-90. My point is, shot. that Jalen Brown and one and the Smart three felt like 
not quite gut punch shots because there was too much time left in the game. You're right. But shots that you remember afterwards because the home team won. You wrote them down on your paper. I and, did. And you, you highlighted them, I can Clay see. Clay answered with one tough two. Wiggins answered with a couple of offensive rebounds. And then if you want to point out, I think, where Boston was a little iffy in this game, it wasn't necessarily the turnovers. I thought they rushed some shots all throughout the game. I thought they were a little kind of scared. I was going to say skitterish, which is not a word. You can all allow Jittery and skittish combined allow it, allow to make skitterish. I like that, skitterish. <laughs> and I thought that was going a little too soon and sometimes attacking the Warriors' best defenders when they could have easily worked one more screen to get a switch. And so an example of that right in this sequence was Jalen Brown on a pick and roll, I think, to get Pooler Curry, has Clay Thompson on him rejects the pick instead of using it so clay stays on him with like four and a half minutes to go jalen misses like a wild floater leaning to his left clay falls over in the chaos boston doesn't match up correctly and clay jogs back for a trail three to give them the lead clay and wiggins with those baskets in that stretch you're talking about to give them back the lead gave steph a few minutes of like you don't have to do everything and clay's defense on jalen brown was good enough that when they brought Draymond back in the game, they put Draymond on smart and kept Klay Thompson on Jalen Brown. I thought it was a gutty, tough performance by Klay. Not a crazy shooting game, no. but I thought he had, and that turnover he forced on the backdoor cut late in the game was a good example of that. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyeho Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. The NFL schedule drops this week, and you can be there to catch all the action live and in person with Vivid Seats. Experience every touchdown, every tackle, every eye-popping play of your favorite team. And to kick it off, Vivid Seats, the official ticketing partner of ESPN, is offering you $20 off your first $200 ticket purchase with code HOOP. That's code HOOP. Download the app or visit vividseats.com today. Vivid Seats, experience it live. I appreciate all of that analysis. Here's mine. Jason Tatum was terrible. By his standards in this kind of situation, because really the Celtics win this game, they've got the series. Oh, the series is over. Yeah. So Jason Tatum, home situation. I mean, you know, he's, I'm not questioning him as a, as a you know, big game player. He's got a bunch of big game players. But he, he came into this game shooting 34%. He goes 8 of 23 8 of 23, 4 fourth, of 8 on 3, so 4 of 15 on his, 2s. In his second half, Zach, his second half was not good. I mean, that's not – I mean, it's <laughs> – I know that's not a t- tremendous analysis, but 2 of 9, he had 2 turnovers. He did have 2 blocks, but he cannot have a 7-point second half in a game like this. Just can't, can't have it. And he – you know he was doing he was he was doing creating he was doing what he normally does which is get in and he was he was setting up teammates and they weren't hitting shots and again that's why his his assists are 
you know, a barometer, not only the way he's playing, but the way the whole team is playing. Because um, he obviously had way more assist chances than, than uh, the six that he had. But Jason Tatum did not deliver the type of performance that was needed in this game. Yeah, I mean, look, 23-11-6, but six turnovers and, again, the 8 of 23. Got to give some credit to the there was Warriors. A stat, there was a stat that he was the fir- this, this, this youngest player. Sports and Information had this. One of the youngest players of all time to have 20-10 and 10 in a finals game. And that will make you think that it was a good performance, but it was not. It was no, not it, was, it was a C-plus performance, grading on a curve. I think that, you're being kind. Well, great. I'm, you know what I'm doing? I'm grading on a curve that recognizes this is the finals and the Warriors are the number two defense in the league and like they can make stuff hard for yeah. you. And the, the, the NBA numbers are not in yet, but the cleaning the glass numbers paint the Warriors having an average offensive game or an off average offensive efficiency and the and the Celtics having a terrible offensive yeah. efficiency which kind of checks with the score and, and the eye test was but that those are those are the early numbers um, one but, thing I really liked that Boston did was and I wonder how all in they'll go on this in game five we're on to, on to game five two two okay we're on to game five um, they used whoever Curry was guarding and Poole was guarding to set all kinds of off ball screens Instead of going all pick and roll, they set flare screens, pin down screens for Tatum and Brown, and putting the Warriors in positions where you either have to make the switch you don't want to make and make it off the ball in motion when the Celtics are on the move, or those guys are going to get open because you're going to be chasing them over screens or shooting the gap to get under. Jalen Brown got a four-point play out of that. They both got kind of rumbling floaters in the lane when their guys tried to meet them under the picks. I thought that was really smart, and it worked. And when they had that kind of process in mind, they generally got good shots. Some they missed, some they made. When they went away from that and just kind of drove wildly at what I would say are the yeah. wrong guys, they, they were, got they out were, of control. They were out of control just in general in the fourth quarter. And they, by the way, there were 7 of 21 shooting in the fourth quarter. Of their 21 shots, 13 were three-pointers. And, I mean, that's not at the end of the world this day and age. But no. there was not – they were not getting good – that many of those were good looks – and I just think, you know, one of the weaknesses of this Celtics team is that they have not been good in crunch time. And they got absolutely flattened in crunch time. I think when the game was in crunch time tonight and it moved in and out in the fourth quarter, but in crunch time, when the game was um, within five points, within five minutes, it was 15 points Warriors, zero points Celtics. I mean, that's on your home floor, Zach. I mean, that's an, I mean if you're looking for a... If you're a Celtics fan, you're looking for a reason why this isn't the end of the world that you just lost, you know, the home court advantage. I would say that that fourth quarter performance, even with the things that Golden State did, that was a 28 to 19, 28 to 19 in the fourth for the Warriors and out of control. A good indication of out of control is not just the rush drives and all that. I think Smart took two pull up threes in the second half, or maybe both of them were in the fourth quarter. I want zero pull-up threes for Marcus Smart. A Marcus Smart pull-up three but with anything more than, like, three on the shot clock is a sign that something has gone a little haywire. And two of those 13 threes you just mentioned were smart rapid-fire misses. The second one was off an offensive rebound, and they were just okay shots. Horford got a drive-and-kick three from Tatum. But it was like driving kick out and not really much help. Looney contested it pretty well. Tatum got one like that with Wiggins contesting it pretty well. They just weren't cracking the defense as well as they were when they were running their best stuff. 
One of the other stat indicators for the Celtics throughout the playoffs is when Marcus Smart scores over 18 points. I didn't like it as much as the Tatum assist stat, so I haven't talked about it. But the, but the Celtics had been 8-0 in the postseason when Smart scored at least 18 points. He had 18 points tonight, but he took 18 shots. Yep. Nice. And there were times in the fourth quarter where Tatum and Jalen couldn't find a look, and Marcus was like, okay, if you don't want to shoot it, I will. And I just don't think, you know, in the fourth I don't think in the fourth quarter you want Marcus Smart as the guy that you're going heavy with. I think he's a changeup at that point, not a lead dog. And when they go back and watch the film, I think they're gonna see some possessions and say And wow. I, I think even White had a few wild drives that I didn't yeah. love early in the shot clock. He was two of seven in the second yeah, half. That resulted in misses and a and a few turnovers. Um, I do think the Warriors' defense was really good, and and Looney has been just outstanding defensively around the basket, making the Celtics think he's going to come for the shot, he's going to stay home, he's going to try and get the rebound. Obviously, Robert Williams burned him a few times in the first half with putbacks. Draymond, I thought, was solid. Clay and Wiggins were really good. Hats off to Clay, who's just tough as hell. Um, by the way, cleaning the glass, I'm looking at the numbers now. Shout out Ben Falk, what's up? has this as an, interestingly, despite the fact that the Warriors had a decent offensive game, average-ish, cleaning the glass has them awful in the half court, just neck and neck with Boston, both awful. I don't know exactly what they count as half court and transition, but it does make you remember a lot of the Steph threes were like first action over half court. A lot of the clay threes, and they did really well running clay off pin downs from whoever the Celtics centers were guarding because they do not want to switch their centers out on Steph and Clay, And a lot of that was early in the shot clock when the Celtics were kind of backpedaling and trying to get set. Clay got a couple of good threes, got untracked a little bit out of that. Uh, I, I just, I would love to see, I don't have the transition number in front of me, but it shows you that like early clock target the right guys for the Warriors. They got good shots and Poole showed up. Like, like Poole's got a... Yeah. Perk has been big on TV this week about Poole can't play in this series, and I get why. Defensively, they're going to go at him all the time. I just think they, they, don't, have, they don't have choices. He needs to be they able to need, score for them to win. By the way, you're, you're, you're wanting to know why the Warriors graded out poorly in half court? Because they're not a good half court offensive team. That's why Steph should take more shots. And again, tonight, you, you know, I agree that turnovers weren't the defining situation for the Celtics, but they gave up 19 points off turnovers. You up 107 points and 19 of them come off turnovers. That's you can't help them. You can't help them. And, and Tatum, who you're giving a C plus, God bless you, had six of them. I was an easy teacher when I was a high school teacher. Were you really? Oh yeah. Partly because I had no idea what I was doing and I was completely disorganized and unqualified. So it's just it's just easier to be easy. <laughs> you know, just no no one should have hired me to be a teacher at age 24. It was a disaster. <laughs> I feel bad for those children. Some of whom have actually turned out to be okay, but I was... I and was, they all respected you, though. They, huh? all, they all respected you. They still call me Mr. Lowe when they see me. I'm like, you're like four years younger unkind. than me. Can you not call me Mr. Lowe? <laughs> um, that's a past life. One more thing before I think we're, we should wrap up here soon. Uh, again, I'm going to speak about Jason Tatum's sure. not great night. I don't know if it was three or four possessions, but he was getting... I don't know if I want to say locked up, but he was having difficulty with Nemanja Bielica in the second half of this game. He got his pocket picked once. Was it Tatum whose pocket he picked? You picked somebody's pocket yeah. in your half court. Nemanja Bielica, God bless him. But, hey, man, uh, the guy's smart and big, and he's not fast enough. And, and on one of them, 
Robert Williams was under the rim and Tatum couldn't get by him and he just kind of had to settle for a floater and they or like a turnaround and they took Robert Williams out and put Horford in to space the floor better. But yeah, look, all the calls for Kaminga, Moody, nope, Kerr stuck with Bayliza for nine minutes. He survived, and I think now five games in, we're starting to get closer to the point where the teams, both in the, what they run and who they play and who they target are starting to coalesce into what will be the final versions of themselves in this series. And part of that is Kerr signaling today, even when he made a starting lineup change, Kamiga didn't play, Moody didn't play, Iguodala essentially hasn't played since game one other than some defensive possessions and garbage time in game three. Tice hasn't played in two games. The th things are tightening up. Yeah. Teams are settling on the lineups they want to play and what they want to run. He played more minutes and Draymond less. That was also a good decision. They should stay that way. I'll be interested to see if he sticks with this starting lineup with Otto Porter in game game five because I don't think it worked. But I guess it did enable him to finish the game with Looney, which he hadn't been doing. Yeah, so. Draymond did get eight assists, nine rebounds, and four steals. I would like to re-watch those eight assists. Later. Well, I'm going to tell you about the fourth quarter with Draymond because Draymond did a lot of his damage after he, he had a very effective few minutes there. Um, by the way, I think Draymond shouldn't shoot. People have, people have talked about, oh, he, uh, he's kind of turning into Ben Simmons. No, Ben Simmons won't shoot. Draymond shouldn't shoot. Those are two different things. In the fourth quarter, Draymond played seven minutes, okay? He got benched for five of them. And in the seven minutes he was on the court, he had five rebounds, three assists, and a steal. He did his best work in the fourth quarter, particularly after that last three minutes after he got after he got benched. It that worked, and maybe they will dispute the, the um, verb benched, but that's the way I saw it. We should probably wrap up yes, with Curry. Let's just go back to where we started we because I I feel like we just need to re-emphasize how special yeah. that was and Zach he's going to need to keep doing this to win this series I'm not saying he needs to keep scoring 43 he's going to have to keep doing this he needs to shoot even more he averaged he was averaging 22 shots they were the, the Warriors are averaging 105 and a half points in this series they need more points he needs to shoot even more this is the first time the Warriors have been in the finals. I know you mentioned this is the first time maybe they've been an underdog last time we did this. It's definitely the first time they feel so rickety and uncertain at times that Steve Kerr is not sure who to play and is mixing and matching lineups, some of which have very little offensive firepower around him. Clay has had two good games in a row, not a great game. Wiggins has had good games, not an insane game. What Steph Curry is doing tonight in that circumstance, on the road against a hostile crowd in a game they absolutely had to win. There was no way they were beating this team three times in a row. They knew that, I think. And to put up 43 on 14 of 26 shooting and absolutely carry them. And they were behind most of the first half, again won the third quarter. I just thought, I don't know where that ranks in all-time Curry playoff games. There's, there's a, I mean, I, we're doing this off the top of my head. I haven't had any research. There's a chance this is the best playoff game or most impactful playoff is game his, he's ever played second, considering the stage. I think his second 40-point finals game, could that be? 
It was the second 40-point playoff game. He's had more than one 40-point playoff game, right? This is spur of the moment, man. Well, I don't have time to look me, it up. Let me just say I was not surprised. I wasn't surprised either, but just I just want to end by taking a moment to appreciate like that was a special, special game by a special, special guy who shouldn't really have anything left to prove, but in some quarters of the world he does. He and tonight and tonight was a to be clear all time game. He doesn't have to prove it. But if he wants his fourth ring, he has to win it like this. And we're going the, back to San Francisco. Game five. Well, I am. I'm not. I'm skipping game five. I'll be back for six and seven. Let's go seven, baby. Let's do it. Why not? I think it's going to go seven. So, you know, by the way, the, the last thing I want to say, the Celtics are four and six off wins in the last three rounds. I'm sorry, three and seven. Three and seven. How do you explain that puppy? Uh, That's a young team. Number one, great opposition. Number two, turnovers and relative inexperience and maybe feeling feeling confident. I don't know. Yeah. This, like I said, the, the Warriors took this game. This was not yeah, a yeah, gag I job. Agree. The Warriors took this game. Stephen Curry came in and listened to all the F. Draymond. They booed Clay. In what? How could you boo Clay Thompson? I actually thought it was kind of funny. Clay was the one who called out the Boston fans, and I was saying to Malika before the game, they still won't boo Clay because he's so lovable and he's come off these injuries. And the Boston fans are like, "Nah, it's Friday night. We're booing Clay." <laughs> As if you don't know about Boston fans. Oh, by the way, the environment in this arena the last two games was spectacular. Well, we we got where there, there's a roadmap to seven, and there ain't nothing like a game seven of the NBA Finals. So you can right. wrap us up, and I, I hope we get there. I will see you again in game six. It's always good when you haven't even left for the West Coast and you're on the East Coast and you know you're coming back to the East Coast. That'll always make you happy. But I am happy. I'm not complaining. And I will see you on Game 6, and I will talk to everyone else after Game 5. Who will my co-host be? I don't know. Tune in and find out. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Claim based on total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. Terms or restrictions apply.